This podcast is brought to you by Rental House Productions. For the price you would typically pay to rent high-quality equipment, they'll provide an experienced team of professionals fully prepared to produce any visual media project to your specifications. They want to work in close correspondence with you to ensure that they deliver the desired vision for your video and successfully promote your Ready to take your outreach to the next level? Book a free consultation today at rentalhouseproductions.com. Check out the guests. We're about to bring in. We're good friends. We're connected on LinkedIn. No overthinking, just over drinking. No overthinking, just over drinking. Beers and beers, drink away your fears. Let's chit chat for 42 years. Let's hope things don't get too weird. Now it's time for beers and beers and beers. Today, we'll be drinking Rolling Rock, but our guests will be drinking vodka? You might be thinking, what? Vodka? On Pierce and beers? What's up with that? Well, you see, today's guest plays by his own rules. You say jump, he says, how dare you? You say run, he'll be like, what am I, a dog? He's a writer, actor, comedian, and his performances are more memorable than the Alamo itself. Please welcome Ryan Opton. Well, well, Ryan, thanks for coming on by. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Good You're making you making the trip out, uh, coming yeah. after work, correct? After a long day of work. And mm. I'm very happy to not be there and to be here instead, drinking yeah. vodka. We're good. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, we'll get into that later. But, uh, Ryan, for the folks that don't know you. Yes. What's, uh, what's, what's your bag, man? What, what's your what's, bag? What's my, is that just a general open question? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Anything that's me? Um, yeah, yeah. I guess if I was, in a word, Ryan is sleek. Ryan is style. Oh. Ryan is, um. Now. Is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, hi, my name's Ryan. I am from. Texas. I live in LA. I used to have an accent. I don't now. That's pretty cool for me. Um, I do a bunch of different creative things. Poetry and stand up are my two favorites. And then I do a lot of other things too. Mm-hmm. But those are my two favorites for sure. Is that the question you were asking? That, that's, that's the question that we were asking. Suffices. That is fantastic. Do you, you know, my, okay. Other thing, my last name, you say it Opton, mm. but I don't correct anybody because. I feel like so many people say it wrong that I never want to offend anyone who finds out that they've been saying it wrong and I haven't told them yet. Mm. Well, see, like I found out that I was saying it wrong like ages ago, but it just everybody else says it. Yeah. As Opton. Oh, we're not correcting anybody. I I just can't. I can't break it. Like as soon as I say it, I realize, oh, man, no. What have I done? It is a thing, though, like correcting people. Yeah. It always feels like a little bit dickish, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think for me, and I talk about this on stage, I have a lot of social anxiety, like a lot of it. And so for me, a part of it is like, I don't want them to feel hurt or put out by the fact that they've been saying my name wrong. Even though, I don't know, maybe it's like a met, it's like a litmus test for how well we know each other. If you like know that you're saying it wrong, mm. it's cool if you continue to, but as long as you know. I can't help it. It's okay, Paul. <laughs> Simply can't help. Well, Steven likes to correct people. They usually call him Steve with a PH, but it is in fact with a V. Yeah. I've seen him go off. He oh, can just man. tell. He can tell by the way it rolls off yeah. the tongue. Nice. No, it's, 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 I, I get 
It's ridiculous. Well, here's my question for you. Yes. Do you like getting called Steve or is it Steven exclusively? Well, people people ask me that sometimes. And then, you know, if I have to be particular, I go for Steven. Because I feel like Steven is like the name of a a young, uh, hip uh, acquaintance. Steve is more like the name of your like weird uncle that you're forced to see during the holidays. Yeah, don't bring him up. Uh, yeah, I I won't. I won't. I know okay. about your history with Steve, your uncle. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> Steve, his uncle. His yeah. uncle Steve. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess Steven. But there was a like phase where I would correct people. But I was I think I was high on my own supply at the time. I think I, I, I think I was a, a little bit a uh, little bit feeling myself too much. Like I am Steven. But you know what, Ryan? I appreciate the question, but this show isn't about us. No. It's about you. It's about you. It's yeah. not our podcast. It's about all of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan slipped as Molly before so, so much of it. It's just a big love fest. Right it's become now. very agreeable. We're just holding hands in a circle. There's a fire <laughs> in the middle. We're naked. <laughs> well, I'm naked. <laughs> Kumbaya. 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 My, My lord. Um, so, Ryan. Um, yes. You're, you're in L.A. now. But yes. you, you hail from Texas. Lubbock, if I'm not uh, yeah, mistaken. How you, you remember, yes. Lubbock, yeah. Texas. Um, so, if you could, if you just give us a little briefer as... As as two uh, uh, born and raised Northerners, uh, explain to us. Oh, great! What, what what can one expect if they should find themselves growing up in Texas? If you find yourself growing up in Texas, um, there are wide fields where you can see miles and miles and miles in every direction. Like the flat. Yeah, for my area, there's no real natural growing trees like at all it's all grass so any tree that you see had to have been like brought there or like it's interesting you have to like water your trees to make sure that they're okay all year i don't know if you do that elsewhere they're just crisping up they're just they're, is that the deal yeah they're like not normal like they shouldn't be there they feel out of place no, i feel um, like most trees just exist naturally yeah without aid no not not in texas mm. and then they also um I was in an area where it's like the cotton capital of the area. So mm. it's like just filled with cotton and I'm like vaguely allergic. Mm. So I didn't even realize that things smelled certain ways until I was gone. I was like, oh, that's what it feels like to oh. be able to breathe. You know, it was just like back. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, OK, cool. Things smell. That's cool. Yeah. And then um, also my specific area, you can look this up. We were voted worst weather in America by the anchors of the Weather Channel for three years in a row. Wow. That's we get, a little mean. Yeah. Weather Channel. Yeah. Worst weather. <laughs> it's just weather. I wear it as a badge of pride. I would bring <laughs> yeah. I would bring a swimsuit in my car and a winter coat just in case because yeah. every day you don't know where it's going to go. So, like, you'd go to school and it'd be, like, 80 degrees, and then halfway through it would start pouring rain, and then it would freeze over. And you were just like, yeah, this is normal. And I think I moved elsewhere, and I was like, oh, cool. Okay, so there's just, like, stability. It's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Stability is nice, which makes sense that you chose uh, the arts as a career. Yeah, I love <laughs> stability. I love stably being poor. That's what right. I like. Yes, yes. <laughs> as long as you can keep it consistent. Yeah. Right. Then, then there's well, no then stress. you can get comfortable. It's right. like, all right, this is just life. Yes, this is where I align myself in the universe, at the bottom of the totem pole. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you. I was talking about myself. You, Ryan. Oh, you've been 
having some successes and whatnot. I oh, saw yeah, I, yeah. I, I seen to Ryan kill it. What what was the performance that or oh, like the competition that, that was you won? the Van Nuys Comedy Festival? So I won I won this 2019 Van Nuys Comedy Festival for it was such an interesting that was an interesting little little time, but it was I mean I got some cool stuff out of it, but um yeah that was Basically, I made friends with a guy when that's what you do in stand up world. Right. You make friends and then they put you on shows and then you make more friends at those shows and then they put you on additional shows. Yeah. That's kind of just how it operates. But um, I made friends with this guy who put me in a show and then he put me in another show and another show. And he's like, hey, you should come do this festival for people who are like been doing stand up for less than three years. So even in that show, um, I was one of the newer people out of the people that were going and so I was really proud of it because it was like it took a lot to get in there. And then, um, yeah, I, I won off of a they were supposed to give me a six minute set and it's recorded and timed. They gave me 11 minutes. actually, oh, nice. Which is kind of crazy because that meant that I, I was doing well. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. how they do that. But it was it was cool. Yeah, you didn't get the light. You know? <laughs> I didn't get the light. Yeah, that's good. It was a I very good set. It. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thank you for coming. Also, they came. It was really sweet. Yes. So quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was great, um, but maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We, we want to get, you know, really we want the into people this. to know the man. But what's what's behind the man yeah, on stage? Yeah, we we want. Yes. we know you're a the star. The backstory okay. to the legendary auspices that is what Ryan what what creates Optin. the. Uh, you know, we we want to find out where does that where does that material come from? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. A little okay. bit. Well, not, not, that's not the question. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have other questions that will lead to that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're we, ra- we aren't going to be we, just so overt. Okay. We're I rambling right now. That's what's happening. We're rambling. The question rambling. is... The question is... You're rolling on rose. What are some of your favorite true Texan stereotypes? Oh. Like the oh, true ones. Okay, yeah, what is, yeah. What are your favorite ones? You know? There's um, got to be some good ones, maybe. Ooh, okay. That's a good question. My... Well, I think people like assume everybody has the accent and that's kind of true. And I love that that's true. Like that little like folksy down home. Everyone's. Draw. Yeah. The Texas draw. Like when I talk to my mom on the phone, it comes back. But it's mm. like, oof, boy, did I work hard to get rid of that. But mm. it's kind of fun. I, it's like fun that it exists and is real. Um, they also really do like really, really do actually like country music down there. It's not an act. They enjoy it. Mm. My prom <laughs> had one play of Get Low by Lil John, mm. and the rest of it was country music. And it was oh, wow. a Vegas-themed prom. Oh, yeah. You know how they country do. Country Vegas. Vegas. Country Vegas. That's how they do it. Uh, maybe they like country in Vegas. I mean, I'm sure. Well, Vegas is such like a visitor city. Sure yeah, that's true. Country people go but to Vegas. Locals. They're locals. They're locals. Vegas people, I'm not, I'm not people live in Vegas. No, but it does have a lot of visitors. I'm on Steven's side on this one, Paul. Okay, but I don't want to know what the the visitors listen to. I'm thinking, like, regionally, do they dig country? I don't in know. Vegas? Regionally? I feel like they would, though. I feel like... It's kind of deserty. Aren't it's kind of like, like... I feel like Vegas is like a Panic at the Disco type of town. Really? The natives? The well, Vegas natives. Ooh. I know Panic at the Disco is from Vegas. You have you give people a lot more I didn't know credit that. than I do. I would just assume that, like, I was thinking, like, where are they born of? It's like the mafia, right? It's I feel like, like probably they would love, they like, like the Godfather soundtrack and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah, like nice and smooth and terrifying. Mm. 
For some reason, like Kid Rock comes to mind. I feel like they're big Kid Rock fans in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like that kind of person. Sorry, oh, wow. Vegas. No, but but uh, yeah, when you're in Vegas, it's like I just feel icky about myself in Vegas. Does that make sense? Oh, same. I don't want to go back for a while. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm good. I'm like good. Oh I'm man, good on Vegas I think for I've been bit. there enough for maybe ever. I've only been yeah, one time. It's it's weird because you see like these like old people in their floral shirts at like 3 a.m. just like, you know, cranking, cranking the it. slot <laughs> machine, just like not even enjoying themselves. It's like, I need to do this. It's They're chasing the thrill. Yeah. I want to go to Thailand. That's where I want to go. I want to go sit in a temple, meditate a little, maybe write some poems. I'm such a, that's that's the soul I want. That that's yeah. good. Yeah. I hear Bangkok's pretty lit. Yeah, it is. My roommate's there right now, and he keeps sending me videos of him in, like, these clubs with a lot of people. And yeah. I hear it's very, like, it's very cheap. Like, it's a cheap oh, trip. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. be eating, like, on the real low. Mm-hmm. And, like, real good, too. Yeah, and, like, hostels and whatnot yeah. are super affordable. Oh, so I hear. I've never been. Well, so Texas can't be all that great, right? Texas isn't as whoa, cheap as Thailand. Whoa, whoa, well, well, I'm just whoa, saying there's got to be some... Time out. Wait, wait, no, wait. No, we well, don't talk bad about Texas. Well, well, well. No. I'm wondering... Well, it can't be... All I meant is it can't be, like, all great, right? Everything can't be peaches and cream. Do you have any least favorite stereotypes? Ster- like, um, like, true stereotypes. Like, things that you've... You know that ooh. it's, you know... Okay, They're not just so, blown up. Whew. I mean, how how real you want me to get right now? Because I'll get pretty. We want the realist Ryan. Okay, realist Ryan is as follows. I love a lot of the people I grew up with. I really do. And I think the thing that is legitimate is you have a certain amount of people you interact with all your life. So there there are all these people who aren't going to leave there and they haven't met the same diversity of people that we meet in big cities. They don't meet the people who are like, like for, I'll just give it like a really baseline example. Like I, I have friends who are transgendered. There are, as far as I know, very few transgender people in Lubbock, Texas. And if there are any that I'm aware of, they are not treated very well. Mm. Same with like, um, I mean like even people of color, it's a pretty segregated town by virtue of like Lubbock had this big issue for a while where, there was a predominantly black community and there was a, a like basically they did construction on this new stadium for the college town. Cause it's a bigger town than you might think. So it's Texas like 300,000. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah 300,000 people right at it. And so they did this um, construction on a brand new stadium and it ended up moving all of the black people basically out of town, not all of them, but like the area and the community that was predominantly black got moved out of town onto, and this is kind of messed up, Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. It was like mm. where they moved them all. And it was this just... This seems right, yeah, said was, the city's people. It was like the city planners like moved the... And I, I just mean like lower socioeconomically, but it's maintained this sort of segregated feel on into today. Like whenever I think of home, I was very fortunate to have some uh, folks... Like my, my parents really cared that I like knew people so I went to public school. I almost didn't end up at public school and I was thankful for it, but I ended up making friends with people who didn't look the same as me. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I personally am white and aware of my privilege now in ways I don't think I was then, but I am happy that my parents always pushed me to be involved in communities that had more color in them. And I think there is a degree of whether or not they realize that people are institutionally separated by both 
race, gender, and like as a gay man myself, I can't live back home. I don't feel. I feel like if I was to, a my options are much more limited, and b, <laughs> um, there you go. B, <laughs> that's the one. B, it's like next to impossible to navigate in certain circles without it becoming an issue. There are people that I was shocked after I came out that were like, I just think you're not thinking enough about what God thinks of you. And I was like, listen, (laughs) a, you don't even know whether or not I'm Christian. I haven't said yes or no. B, even if I am, who are you to say who I'm allowed to be in love with? And the answer is men. That's what it is. So it's just like, it's so frustrating that back there, it's such a big facet of my personality here. It's at best minimal. I, I don't like it to feature that predominantly. Right. 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 Cause it's like with like a straight guy, you're not like, Oh, so like having sex with women, that's what, you know, that, yeah. this is a core thing about your personality. And it's for me, like, I go back and people are like top or bottom. I'm like, Whoa, that's rude. I don't ask if you like things shoved up your butt. Like, like I'm not, the answer is yes, but like, don't make me say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't it's, know. It's, it's just pretty taboo uh, where you come from. I would from. say it's getting better just like it is everywhere, but it there's, it's still so frustrating that it has to get mentioned. Like I, I'm tired of having to like explain myself in those circles. And so when I go back home, that's kind of a lot of, and even whenever I am on stage, I I do talk about it a little bit, but like, it's, it's hard not to, because it's so interesting how different it is here versus there. I'm, I'm very proud of me and I'd like me and I don't feel like me has to be a facet of any kind of sexual orientation whatsoever. But it inevitably becomes that whenever I am too long in a place where there aren't other gay people. There aren't other, like, shining examples right. of people who are, like, comfortably in relationships and stuff. Like, right. Does that bother you, like, having to, like, take up that, like, role as, like, the, the identity, like, uh, like the, the representative of the gay community? Yes. Um, I get really tired of it really quickly because I think for me and something I've learned, I am just, I'm an emotional person. I'm someone who wears my emotions on my sleeves. I'm a very like, I don't know. I, I love people and I, I also just, I am emotional. And I think a lot of my comedy actually more, instead of being like about me being gay is more about how sincere I am about everything that ever exists. I can't help it. But it's annoying back home, especially to have to be like, like, it's like something I have to walk around all the time with so many people. And here I don't have to like there are full circles that I have that are like five gay men in a room. And if I was just gay and that was my personality, can you imagine how boring that'd be? What would we talk about? Nothing. Right. So it's like it's fun to have a personality and to like be more than a sexual orientation. Not that everyone pigeonholes you back there but it's a lot more i feel a lot more tokenized when i'm back in texas than i do here yeah mm-hmm. yeah i feel like it's, it's just so easy to try to uh limit someone's being to like the first thing that jumps out to the person yeah by that person it's like like when i first came to california i was I was, like, adamant that, like, I was going to, like, rep Chicago. You know, it's, like, completely different. But, like, for me, being from Chicago was, like, so core to my identity that it was, like, wrapped up, like, in my ego. It's like, yeah, Yeah, I'm from Chicago. But it's, like, if, like, that doesn't count 
as a personality, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think like the thing is you learn that I think as people become more comfortable with themselves and everyone, like maybe as you become more comfortable with just the things that you enjoy about you being from a person from Chicago, it's like a fun little tidbit. It's not the first thing you have to tell people. Like I don't, and I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing to like wear being gay on your shoulders. That's not what I'm saying at all. But for me, Like, I'm never going to be a person who wants to be, like, the first thing about me that people know is that I'm a queer individual. I'd rather them know that I'm, like, intelligent or funny or really enjoy Depeche Mode, something like that. Like, some some other. There are layers There's layers, much like onions and ogres. Right. Right. Well, like... The thing, like, the thing about, like, either repping Chicago or what, you know, it's, like, that's something that, like, builds part of your personality. Like, it's a part yeah. of you. Right. But it doesn't necessarily, you know, it's, like, that's that's what makes you who you are, but it's not, like... What like, defines you? Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like, an aspect. It's an yeah. aspect. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think people can take an aspect of their personality and kind of just like use it to like put out a veneer to the world so they don't have to do like the real work of self-realization or being interesting in any way which is an aspect of self-realization I think like just coming to the things you love and enjoy if you can talk about things and have interesting perspective and experience that's what it is like that's the real goal. Right. So maybe, I don't know. Well, it's like embrace all of the things yes. that make Absolutely. you who you are. Because yeah. there's so many. Yeah. You have Absolutely. to fix it right. on anyone. Right. Nobody does. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like you, you just uh, limit yourself when you're just, you know, choosing to go full force with just like one little aspect of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of aspects of ourselves. Um, oh. Religion became it, that entered the conversation a little bit, right? Yes. So I'm just curious. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm remembering this correctly. Your your, your father's a pastor. Is that so? Yes. Okay. I am a full blown. I make a joke about it, which is part of the reason. Right. I, my I am a full blown stereotype of an individual, which mm. I think is part of the reason I feel the need to rail against this all the time. Mm. I I'm like a lifetime movie that's. Like, on paper, I'm a Lifetime movie, and I don't like that, because if you've seen Lifetime movies, they don't put that much money on them. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm a, I'm a gay sure a son of, of a pastor in the South who became a pastor for a while, moved to L.A. to follow my dreams. Oh, well, wait, well, wait, 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 well. Wait, wait. Let's back up for a second. You were you were a pastor? For sort of. Never like like a youth pastor? Yes, or? youth pastor. I worked with a middle school for a while. Okay, when which, was this? It was um I was nineteen to twenty, that area hmm. of my life. Okay, I, so was this when you were like going back in the summer from Yeah, that? yeah, for a while. And so it was I it was really good. And I think parts of it were really good, but I think what was fascinating about it was I was having a lot of internal struggles about whether or not God existed in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like like being around kids who were like so needing to trust that because of like the area we were in, sure. it sort of just exacerbated a lot of my issues with being religious in the first place, which yeah. I still have somewhat. Like it, it's a it's a lot to get into, but well, of course. It's like I don't know, it's um I don't throw all of it out because I don't think that's that's correct. But I also don't feel the need to like 
in the same way I used to feel the need to be so center in my life around uh, God, which is like probably blasphemous. Certain people that would sure. listen to me say that. Yeah. But like, it's just, I don't know. It's so hard for me to watch people center their lives around something that they don't have the certainty of necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And something that's like foreign, like having a relationship with something that doesn't talk to you seems insane. Yeah. And yeah. that's what they said. They talk about like having a relationship with God and having like a full blown relationship with someone who doesn't talk to you. That sounds like an abusive boyfriend less than, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's like Jesus Christ. Like what a, what a, like what, why didn't you answer? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's, <laughs> and I think some people really mean it. And so it's hard yeah. for me to discount that. Mm. And I think there's a level of spirituality in life that you can't deny is yeah. here. Yeah. It's like a part of human need is to like find meaning and purpose. And Absolutely. if that's a thing that we do via God, that's, I mean, more power to you. But personally, I have a hard time doing it in the ways that I, I used to think made sense and were accurate and good. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I feel like uh, organized religion kind of, I don't know, just like limited it like my conception of God, like and relegated it to just like church life. And you've spent a lot of time in church life. I'm sure it can be pretty uh, dry, dare I say, or just, (laughs) I don't know, uh, limiting, you know, you, you, it's, um, it puts confines on what you're supposed to think about what you're supposed to, you know, do in your everyday life. So, present yourself. Right. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, very much so. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I'll speak really candidly for a second. And this is like, if mom, mom, if you hear this, I love you. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that for me personally, I can't center my life around God because whenever I did that, it like, and it goes back to the gay thing, weirdly enough. But, like, being a queer person, um, a lot of centering my life around God meant that there was something inexplicably wrong with me that I couldn't control and didn't have any uh, value anymore to God, mm. who's the creator of the universe and the entire reason I'm getting my purpose. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it would it would spin me in these really dangerous circles that got me really close to, like, self-hating mm. nightmare. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to be that person. And I, imagine. I don't mean that in like, a, I don't think God's real kind of way, but like out of a, it's just, you'll spin yourself in circles, you'll hate yourself. And then why, why be that person when you can be loving and engage in spirituality on a level that's more legitimate and straightforward? Like, I don't know. I think people have so much value and it's so valuable to get to know people. And there's, there's some real worth to being loving and realistic and honest and direct and having relationships that you build. I think there's something really spiritually honest Mm -hmm. about building good relationships with people. And I don't think that I'm ever going to believe that that's unhelpful or not good. Oh, absolutely. I think that is, you know, one of the very reasons, you know, to live is, you know, to, uh, have like genuine engagement with the other and like uh, recognizing each individual's like infinite worth. Um, yeah, like I, I went through, um, I guess just like a hiatus or just yeah, it's like a withdrawal from like the existential conversation 
Yeah. Um, just because like it's it's a lot, you know. Oh. You're, you're you're not you're not always trying to like bring it to that level, you know. And I think it's so unhelpful to feel the need to do that sometimes because mm. sometimes you just want to have a good, fun conversation with someone about who won the game on Sunday. You know what I mean? Right. And like, that's perfectly valid and worthwhile because you're still engaging with people. Like, I don't, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I guess just to uh, speak my piece, um, yeah, I, I, I've definitely like gone through personal evolution on this topic but i guess for me just uh acknowledging that higher power and just like a reverence to something greater than myself keeps me from being like my own god if that makes sense and just humbles me to a level where i'm not getting too high on my own supply absolutely absolutely there's a lot of validity to all I think right. people can be a bunch of different kinds of people and find purpose different directions. Abs- so. Absolutely. Well, that's that's the in- what's interesting to me is like, do you think that maybe hearing that kind of perspective, like that that you know there is like a some sort of higher calling or something, like do you think that kind of like led you down to you know committing to like this sort of professional path or like a career that has a lot, you know, it's almost like a jumping off point where it's like okay, like. If you're going to do it, which you are, and, and you know, many, many of us and our friends are, are, are working at it, but it's like yeah. you really do have to, like, decide to commit to it because if you're not giving, like, your full self, much like any other career, like, you have to give your all for something. Yeah. Do you think that, like, hearing that perspective, like, helped you to, um, like, realize, like, what it is exactly that you want or, like, feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in any way? Um, yeah, I think so. Long answer short, yes. I think I'm a very... I've always been very big picture, very philosophical on that level. And I don't think I've ever been able to get away from that. So I think for me, and I, I mean, one of my jobs involves talking about movies to people, which is about all I can say about that. But I, I think the thing is that I truly believe that the entertainment industry is kind of modern day mythology. It allows people to give the framework for how they interpret their own lives and value and purpose and self is via film, via like the things people say. I think we are on kind of this frontier where people don't always realize the value that entertainment has on their lives, but it's a framework. It's how you understand and interpret yourself. So for me, the reason I'm in this and the reason that I care so much about it is it is a way of establishing language that people can grow into. I think um, as someone who really struggled to see myself in um, film and TV a lot growing up, especially just being queer and sincere, I will say, <laughs> is a that's what I want to give to the world as far as like my stand up persona is sincerity and warmth um, from a queer perspective that doesn't feel overtly sexualized or overtly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wanted it to be normalized. And so a lot of my personal journey into this has been both racially as well, actually, if you can believe it. I, I mean, I talk about her on stage as well. So you probably know about, I have like a older sister who's black and 
I think another thing I didn't love about Texas was there was a KKK rally that happened my junior year of high school, 30 minutes from my house. Like I want to normalize the idea that you can have families of diversity and that you can have love in multiple different directions. And just, I I think there are things that we're still on the forefront of, even though it feels like we're going quicker now. Um, Like civil rights happened in the sixties. It's, Still not that long, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not as long as you would hope. So I think we're still on the forefront of a lot of just normalizing things and making things feel and actually mean something for people. Like, our frameworks need to shift into warmth. And it sounds so weird. There's something really radically political about being non-political in presentation. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So for me, I like to be, and I'm very political, but I try and not maintain that front out loud. Like I try and include things because I'm, I'm a writer, I act and I do stand up. I try and include things in a way that doesn't feel abnormal. Right. Mm-hmm. It's right. like welcoming for straight communities. There's a way I can do the stand up thing and like lean into being queer and have it be the focus of it and get on queer shows. Like it's not yeah. hard for me to do that. Yeah. I try and not do that because I think for me, I want to be the normalization of the thing that was always painful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I can't speak to this at all, but I feel like that would be a pull. Um, just, to lean into that because you have like a community that will be like welcoming you with like open arms. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. No, periodically I go to these open mics that are run by queer people and I'm like, Oh yeah. Yes. Queen. Yes. Honey. Her. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. You lean into it there. Cause it's like, I don't know. There's something about being in those communities and those spaces that is validating and warm and good to be around. But like, you know, I don't know. Like the political side of me is I want to make it feel simpler for the people that come next. Mm. I don't want people to have to worry about it. And so like, and I'm not on some level where I'm like some like, I don't know. I'm not doing 80 million people don't see my specials. You know what I mean? Like that's not what I'm doing. Oh, thank you. But even on my little corner of the world, I want to just be good outright in a way that's undeniable so I can normalize the things right. that matter. It's putting out that energy. Yeah. Like, right. I, 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 sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I feel like so often, uh, standups in particular, like there's such a tendency to like lean into like negativity and yeah. just like, just like a, dark like self-hatred kind of like nihilism absolutely that is just like the norm and like i i get it and like you know i've been down those you know negative thought paths too but um I don't know what you're referring to. Yeah, so I can't you, give you the yeah, name. Yeah, you, you, There's you, a lot give of me hints. Norm McDonald. Norm, okay. Norm, oh, Norm. Norm McDonald. He said, it's one thing to make people laugh, but it's another thing to make people smile. And your mm. act, I feel like in particular, it like it leaves you with like a warm feeling. You can you can have like zingers and gotcha lines, but like you can tell when someone's like the uh, energy someone's putting into their act is like, like self aggrandizing versus yeah. like a genuine, uh, 
It's a good Deposit portrayal of, self. of yourself. Yeah, like yeah. true like true. Yeah, like your truth, you know. Well, and that's that's my goal. I want to be warm and loving and welcoming. And that's always been how I kind of sell myself too. I'm like I'm trying to be positive. I can't say my whole life has been like some positive, warm, beautiful thing. But like I can also say like overall I love myself and it's a journey I've had to come to. Mm-hmm. And I found a way to like make myself laugh about myself while also not hating on myself on stage. Right. And that's my goal. And it's a line that's so hard to walk at some open mics, especially because mm-hmm. I walk on stage and if you smile, they turn on you. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do in that situation. It's, it's such a weird energy that you feel because like I hate I hate like uh, talking about this because. Once you put it out there, people are like, oh, you're doing stand up. But I've been like yeah. going to some open mics and stuff. Oh, let's go together. You have yeah. My, oh, absolutely. I'll show you the. I have I have what I call the hard route and the fun route where there's certain mics that they laugh at all your jokes and other mics where they tell you that you're unworthy as a human. What do you laugh. think? What do you think of flappers? What's what's the. Oh, MO my God. Um. I can't say this on here. I'll tell you later. Um, Flappers <laughs> is a perfectly valid place to go periodically. And that's all I'll say because I don't want to be on record saying anything else. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, <laughs> that, I, I, we'll take I, I, I feel like I could read between the lines. I and, said nothing. I said nothing. And, uh, Flappers. I've had shows at Flappers. In line with my experience. But uh, but yeah, no, like the that whole like underground uh scene of like you know open mics people just lean into just like the darkness come to the light friends come on it's nice you have to well and the thing is you get to where and and this is my experience at mike so far is you get to where you have friends at those places and that's really good but you also have to make sure that like some people who aren't funny and this is I don't mean to be like people don't have valid perspective. That's not what I'm saying. But people who are not funny will get huge laughs because they are considered as like wielding the power within open mics because they're the people who book shows. So people like laugh and be friendly. Politics. Uh, Yeah. yeah. It's political. It's such a political environment. And it's if you can find the mics that aren't as political, that's really the best way to go. But I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like I've fallen into that a little bit. Like with, uh, it's just easier sometimes because you're like, hey, I'm friends with this person. We'll like link up. And there's a level of networking and that's useful for everybody. But it's also just it can be kind of dog eat dog a little bit sometimes. To be straightforward, I love a lot of my stand up friends. And then there's some people in the stand up community that are just difficult, pernicious, pernicious, a little vicious, a little. Suspicious. Ooh. Ooh, keep it keep going. Keep it coming, please. A little vindictive. That's a nah. slant rhyme. That's a slant rhyme. Is it? Eminem does it. Vindictish. Yeah. I don't know. Vindictish. The, the point is, it's a community it that's hard to explain. Gonna... And it's, yeah. I'll say this if you're funny, you're funny. If you're not funny, you're not funny. And sometimes open mics aren't the best way to know if you're funny or not funny. Although you yeah. absolutely should go to them just so you practice saying the things you need to say over and over. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of like uh, I watched YouTube videos, so this qualifies me as an expert. Yeah. Uh, but people Dude. say like successful stand up comedians aren't always like the funniest. No. It's you can you can have success and just kind of like play the game. 
the right way. Like a success. You won't right. pass a certain level. And mm. there's certain people who have been around in the stand-up scene for 30, 40 years and host and are not good. And that's that's straightforward and honest. And I'm like, I'm not calling names of this, like, but there's just there's things and opinions Jeff. that get thrown. Well, so <laughs> so I like think if I you, know a stand-up, Jeff. If yeah, you like sure, keep Jeff. showing up long enough, like if you keep showing your face, it's like, how are people gonna, you know, turn you away? You know, if, if it's for that long, like decades, like you're showing up at, you know, the yeah. same clubs and stuff, it's like whether or not you're that and it's all subjective, okay? Like, well, you know, it's well, like whether yeah. or not whether or not someone's funny is like, you know, people have different ideas of what's funny or what's not, but I guess to, to speak on like, oh, like you could coast for like a bit, like it's it's easy enough to coast if you just like generally appeal to like being like kind of like it's not not funny. You this know, guy's yeah. amusing. Yeah. Amusing. Yeah. Like it's easier. It's much easier to be amusing than to like I imagine than, than to like either go all out in any direction and like, you know, make some statements or like or not even make statements, but like, you know, um put yourself out there for, for a joke and, and really go for something that you care about as oh opposed God. to like just people will like enjoy if I say this. Like there's a difference, right? Oh, it's so, well, and the thing is when you care about a joke, it's so much harder to tell it. And especially Definitely. when things are like a little bit more gutting. Like, oh my goodness. And it's, it's hard to like walk that line and like, it's it's fascinating to watch the people who are like willing to take chances with their jokes because yeah. sometimes you don't land when you do that. Right, and that's right. Just, but that's reality. part of the game, right? I mean, you know, you got to figure out how to deliver it. Like if you're, if it's coming from like a, a good place, right. Yeah. Then you have to kind of figure out how to deliver it so that people understand your perspective on the thing. And you're not just like, you know, yeah. up there being harsh or something. Right. Yeah. And well, like I'm someone and I don't feel like this is like a brave thing. Yeah. Go for it. I don't feel like this is like a brave. That was, I was offering him drinks. Yes. Um, oh, we're but, drinking on the show, by the way, it's, it's called the beers way, and we're beers. Drinking. Um, we're on I, Apple podcasts. So, <laughs> you know, not McDonald, but it involves alcohol. Okay, but you were saying I was Ryan, really hesitant guest. to mention either depression or things that were sad for a while. Okay, and I have a new bit that's like almost exclusively about depression. I just felt like it was gauche. It wasn't a brave thing to mention. Like no one had a good perspective on it, kind of mm, thing. Yeah, like it. It was hard to even because it also though it like mattered to me that if I was to have a bit, like it would be a good bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once I had a good one liner, now I have a full like four minutes on depression Mm. and social anxiety that have just been like really landing me some interesting little spots Mm. as far as, and I don't think I gave that whenever you guys were with me last night. No, no. It's, but it's like nothing that's like, it's still all like warm and fun. It's just like, it's like, it's real. That's a part of people's lives. Like why should you be afraid to hear about it? If you know, well, and you can tell when people don't care to like actually give you any insight into who they are as people. But I don't yeah. think those people have the same staying power, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like it sounds funny, but Jerry Seinfeld, I think, is one of the most neurotic individuals in all of existence. And the fact that he just reveals his neuroticism is what draws us to him. I love right. him. Right. He's a particular man. Well, like similar to Larry David. Like it's just they're fucking insane. But like it's things that every like everybody is to a degree. And if you can kind of like, I don't know, get to a place where you're you're open about like your most like absurd like things you fixate on or something like that. Like that's what people are going to relate to because that's just life. Like small things are really fucking annoying. Like people, you know, 
park over the line, like in parking lots, and that pisses people off. Yeah, like and, that, if, and that can be funny. It, like if you're someone who doesn't care about your observational, you're you're not going to land your observational. Right. But yeah. if you're someone who is just absolutely driven crazy by something hmm. observational, it'll land. Like yeah. the thing that I've learned being on on stage is when I land best, it's when I actually really care about something. Like I have a bit that's me openly deriding someone who was on a the thing that I do for my job. Yeah. And it's just me like mocking them openly. Mm. But I was so upset that they bothered to ask me such a stupid question that you could tell that I yes. care. Yeah. That they would yes. feel the need to ask such a stupid question. It's that like telling that you care opens up your world. It's it's truth that's seeping in. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you're not like telling the full story isn't true, it's not about that. It's like how you how you feel about the story is true. That's what has to matter. It's like um, I'm trying to think of a good example, like this depression bit I've been doing, like it's not all true, but it's fun. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's connected to the truth. And then there's some abstractions that add to the joke. Is it? Is yeah, that absolutely. Your abstractions have to be like, for me, I love when abstractions just go on way too long yeah. and then you cut back into truth immediately. Like I love bad segues personally. <laughs> <laughs> I plan bad segues, bad segues all right, right. the time. I love bad segues. Well, those are the best bad segues, the planned ones. So you can, when you know it's like, like, uh, like Bo Burnham does that, like he does bits where he's like, just keep talking, just keep talking. Like if you keep talking to the mic, like then they'll think you're funny. And then he just does the next thing, yeah. and it, which is like not a segue, but he like, you know. But like, I love shit like that. My favorite bad segues are all um, puns that I'll write. Like I'll have puns that lead it because puns are bad jokes for standups. Right, right. Pun equals you gave up. And yeah. that's okay as long as you have something you care about immediately coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a really bad Audi pun for a while that like I was like, let's get Audi there and into this. And it was nice. bad, but then I'd wait for people to laugh so they would laugh and give me pity laughs. And then I would comment on the pity laugh, move forward into the bit, which was actually like about yeah. pity laughing. Yeah. Now this is a podcast, so I must ask you this. Is it Audi like the car or Audi like the belly button? Audi like the car. Nice. Um I was nice. it was a it's a real thing that happened to me and someone else who's actually like has a bit of a following, but not like huge, but like she's, she's great. She's such a smart, intelligent, clever individual, but her name is Alex Papiccio. You can look her up and she'll be okay with me giving her a plug. Link in the bio. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe. She has like several, like she's, she has a lot of following and she's such a, like, she's such a sweet, smart, tough. Can I curse on here? Please. Oh, you can. You have, can curse. have we not cursed? On I think this might be our most wholesome one yet, and I'm not surprised because Ryan is the most <laughs> genuine, the sweet fella. Man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Same. Yeah, um, but cuss. listen, I, so here's Fuck. the thing: I'm working so hard to not cuss anymore, you guys. Like, you don't even nice. know. And the reason is not because I don't love cursing. Oh my word, I love cursing. Oh my word. Oh my word. <laughs> Holy fuck! I love cursing, but I, uh, I've been trying not to curse because it's more marketable. I oh, love this. I want bitch. what she's having. She is a tough, smart mm. cookie. She's a tough, smart, clever bitch, and I love her. Um, she is so intelligent. Her jokes are funny. Her name is Alex Papiccio. Highly recommend her to all of you. I can't remember why I started talking about her now. Oh my god, what was it? She's um, great. You were talking. Of oh, IHOP. I remember now. IHop? I haven't mentioned IHOP yet. 
I was in IHOP with my friend Alex and we were there and it was in West Hollywood and we were sitting there and the story like isn't that funny, but I've managed to make jokes out of it where like my stand up bit, I'm not even going to ruin my jokes. If you want to see them, you can. you can still come see him. Yeah. But, um, I, I love Alex and we went out cause I was really upset because I had an awful person. I was kind of dating at the time who was full blown abusive. Like I fucking hate that guy. I do too. And I won't say his name, but bad person and bad person. And I stopped talking. So Alex and I went to IHOP and we got chicken strips cause I don't like pancakes. Mm, ever. Chicken so, strips. <laughs> pancakes are way overrated. I'll I just agree. say that. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're like sopping bread. Why is it wet? They it's make fine. me sick. Like my stomach hurts after I eat pancakes. Like Same. every time. You know what doesn't hurt me? Sopping chicken strips. bread. Sopping chicken strips feel bread. good every time. Yeah, absolutely. And they're delicious. So I went and I got chicken strips and barbecue and we were sitting there and I was chatting with Alex and these three like children come in and I understand that I'm not old, but like they were younger than me. So they're children to me. And they came in and they were causing issues and they started dropping like they were saying faggot a lot, which I don't love. Mm. And it's West Hollywood, which is famously gay. Yeah. And so they're like they get kicked out by the waiter. But oh, the guy nice. like flips out, grabs two Tapatio bottles. One of the kids? Yeah. Waving them in the air, like fighting the guy. And the guy like so the joke that I have is like I started looking around. What can I do? All I have is a ketchup bottle. I'm not going to bring ketchup to a Tapatio fight. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> And (laughs) it's like such a weird specific joke. That's so funny. But um, it was true. And I like we called the police because we're like, listen, these guys are like threatening a waiter. And then the waiter pulls out like a full blown giant knife, like a giant knife at the kids. And the final joke was always, let's get Audi there because they would popped into an Audi and left. And Ah. so it would be like they got into their white Audi and got Audi there and into this and so I would start another joke that yeah. was totally unrelated yeah, yeah, and it was an awful like quick, it was very quick. clear I don't have a good segue out yeah. of this this is just what happened but that's good that's good but that's a good a good planned like bad pun or like whatever you want yeah. to call yeah. it segue as long as you have like the the self-awareness to go along with you people cringe so hard when like someone isn't aware that what they're doing is like I don't know if you want to call that like corny or like whatever. Oh my god, we I'm not gonna say his name. Someone at that contest also was so corny and felt like they did not know they were corny. Do you know what I'm talking there about? There were a few. Yeah, was it, was it was it the people that uh, started off the show or a competitor <laughs> in the competition? Yeah, true. I'm not going to say. He doesn't want to say. Why would he say that, right? Sure. You can't say that. That's too much. Sure. That's saying Chris. too much. I don't know. Devin. Uh, no. Mark. Um, I'll say Mark. this, you guys. Life is fascinating, and you meet a ton of fascinating people. And Can I just... Open mics are going to kill me. I think open mics are going to be the death of me because of things that we're talking about here. Mm, mm. I can't do them all the time anymore. I mm. used to go seven, eight times a week trying Dang. to get good at jokes. Now I can't go more than three because I worry about people when they start talking about things. I'm like, are um, you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. also, <laughs> in addition to that, I've witnessed some crazy Chicago. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you see like those these people and you're just like, oh my God. Like I went to this open mic and I love it. I, I'll highly recommend this mic to anybody and Steven will go because it's so worth going. You don't get pity laughs, but it, you do get laughs that you earn. I want to earn a laugh one day. 
I want to start. I want to start. I, I've been saying it for like a year and a yeah, half just now. Go. I, I need listen, to just go. You don't bomb even have the first that. eight right. times. I know. Great. Like I'm not afraid of bombing. I don't know why. Like I just. No, I, I'm saying that out of like you'll bomb and you'll love that you bombed because you'll get a no, real laugh and you'll be like, oh, thank God I earned it. Yeah. God, well, it's so is, worth it. This is sidetracking. This is sidetracking. We'll, we'll get there. But you were going to say. Um, I went to this mic recently and it was the craziest thing I've ever seen because our beloved. Um, oh, no. No, Dodgers. Our Dodgers. <laughs> they were losing. They're not mine. Who's our? Yeah. yeah. Who, who are you referring to? Yeah, I'm, a I'm saying guy. at the he, bar that I was guy. at. Oh, okay. The bar okay. I was at doing this open mic. The, bar the Dodgers, Dodgers were losing by yeah. a lot. It was a sad day. The playoff game? Very, yes. Very upset. And we were trying to do an open mic off to the side oh, while the no. Dodgers were losing. But not only were the Dodgers losing, there was a six-year-old there with his family who was not supposed to be there, but just kept at showing up in the night. bar window, yeah. looking through the window, staring at us. And so people kept talking to this poor six-year-old who shouldn't nice. have been at this bar in the first place, mind you. So people were like, hey, man, can you hear everything we're saying? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, okay, cool. I just said taint fucker. So sorry. <laughs> and it was like this poor six-year-old's getting traumatized by yeah. comedian comedians i'm using quotes sorry yeah, they're yeah. comedians because they're trying it's how about fine. those dodgers say they suck huh <laughs> like <laughs> we really ri- win the room over you know oh my god it was so bad and then the six-year-old is watching and someone starts talking about like this other comedian's mom but the first comedian took it so badly that he threw a water bottle as hard as he could at the guy's face a fight ignites there's a six-year-old in the window the dodgers are losing up next ryan opton i was like cool cool uh, cool cool cool, cool. Nice. It's like, it's just as bad as every time someone drops faggot right before I have to go on mm. stage. And I'm like, hey, guys, um, my name's Ryan. <laughs> I'm from yeah. Texas. Also, I'm going to mention my boyfriend at some point. So there you go. Next yeah. time you say faggot, say it to my eyes in mm. the face. And I'll be sure to that you know that people do get hurt by this anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, I, so while we're on the topic, like, I would say, like, uh, just as as a as a viewer at this point, you know, I, have, I haven't quite dove in myself, but I, I love comedy. I love watching it. I love studying it. Like you know, through, yeah. through decades and decades, and it seems right now, much like in our politics, you know, we're kind of in a very progressive like time for comedy, and it's a good thing. Um, where like you know, audiences are maybe a bit more like keen to like uh, social sensitivities, if you will. Yeah. And, and again, it's it's a very good thing, and um, something that I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but but it seems like a lot of developing comics kind of like struggle to walk this line between like saying something that's funny or like just being hurtful or controversial for the sake of it. Like if they're even telling jokes like in the first place. And but that's not something that I like saw in your act. And obviously I wouldn't expect that of you. But like, what is it do you think about like the formation of material of your material or their material or whatever it is that like kind of lends itself to like a better reception or like just understanding that it's a joke like world. Like if you're saying, you're saying, saying offensive things, not necessarily offensive things, but like something that like you mentioned, like your jokes about depression or something like that, right? Where like somebody could feel like, Oh, like they're, you're like, you're attacking me. But like, if it's done in a certain, like if you, you know, if you find something that's funny about it, or like I said, like if you're so long, you know, if there's Mm. a a punchline or something, like it can still be funny. Like scary things can be funny. Oh, I don't think you should shy away from talking about things. I'll say the heart of what you're saying comes across. Like we Mm. were talking about how you can tell when people are like, 
being honest on stage. You can yeah. tell. And even if you can't tell, there's some part of you that can. Like, right. right. And even honesty, though, if someone is honestly revealing themselves to be like a pernicious person. as I, So, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. <you> know. <laughs> well, I think. Okay, I'm going to say something that is controversial in modern stand-up world. I think if you can't be funny in PC culture, you're not funny. And that's That's my honest opinion on it. It doesn't take much to not hurt people. Like, you just have to honestly approach people with warmth and kindness. Like, if you can't write a joke that doesn't hurt people, that's why are you doing that? Like... There's certain people, though, and I'll say this, too. It's, um, I mean, you've been to open mics, Stephen. Have you been to open mics where people get especially, like, either racist, sexist, homophobic, something like that? Because it happens. People think that we're in, like, some kind of weird culture where PC culture is taken over and they don't make those, they do make those jokes. I've had people heckle me about being a gay person on stage. I've had to respond. Mm. And I've gotten... I've gotten to the point where I'm fine. Like I know how to respond every time it happens where it's like, okay, like you feel nice and powerful now. Cool. I'm going to keep going. Cause I have the microphone. You're fine. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like at a certain point, it's like, are you even telling jokes? Like you're just saying things that are hurtful. Like, like yeah. yeah, is or, that supposed to or, be funny or, or just like trying to be controversial yeah. for the sake of being controversial. It's yeah. like, you're not saying anything. It's like, you're an edge Lord. Yeah. Congratulations. Absolutely. So it's like, you're not just trying to get, any reaction out of people the reaction you want to get is not like pain or anger necessarily like you want to make people laugh it's supposed to be funny oh but i'll say this though and i'll i'll say this and just know that i i'm on a weird straddling line on this i think there's a way to not hurt people and still make jokes about those things that sure. are considered offensive no, i agree and that's what i'm saying like, i think how, it, how do you do it because you do it culture there's a learning to it like a lot of the jokes that i say that are offensive and none of them are like completely offensive i don't think but it's because i really try hard to make sure i don't hurt people in my audience i'd rather everyone feel like warm at the end of it like they right. just took molly that's what i want yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but nice. it's not always easy and i've i've stumbled a couple of times i have a terrorism joke that i've been working on forever and a half mm. that is so interesting because it lands 50 percent of the time and the other 50 percent everyone turns on me uh. and it's like i can't figure out what it is about this joke that is both igniting people into anger and also like working but it's like a level of just like how are you approaching it when you say it yeah like I have a three-fifths compromise joke, and I'll be real straightforward. I'm very proud of that joke. Oh, I think you delivered that one on the night. It It was funny. well-crafted, well-thought-out joke. And the thing that works about it is after I say it, and there's always a gasp where people are like, like, can I laugh? I'm like, no, I agree. It's terrible. Like, I think if you acknowledge power structures, it's different than if you engage in power structures and push down. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's... Well, that, punching that, down is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Uh, pun- punching up. That's the way you're supposed <laughs> right, to Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Literally. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm interested. Do you have any like uh, hot takes on the like the day, the latest like Dave Chappelle's special? Because that kind of like lit like a like firestorm under like the culture. Yeah. Right? Oh, I did not like the special. And. What did you? Well, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say first. I thought some of it was funny. Some of it's funny. Um, I didn't like the special because I felt like 
And I think Dave Chappelle has done so much important stuff in comedy. I think he's been a very um, big person who people can connect with. And I, I don't think I'm as smart as Dave Chappelle. I don't think I ever will be. I don't think I'll ever be as, you know what I mean? Like Dave Chappelle is someone who I kind of idolize in certain ways and I value him a lot. I think he doesn't know anyone in those communities. He hasn't researched that. And you can sort of tell because he doesn't treat it from a personal level. You know how we were talking about how there's like observational humor and you don't really care about it. The way that Dave Chappelle talks about trans people, I don't think he knows trans people because, well, and also, and this is such a specific thing. He, he has this joke where he talks about how, like, gay men are in the front seat driving uh, lesbians. or Yeah, it's right. like the LGBT mm. yeah, community. Yeah. And he yep. puts the trans people in the back seat. The thing is, if you do any research into the LGBT community, the people who have led rights straight from the beginning are trans women of color entirely. They're the people who have done all of the heavy lifting. Marsha P. Johnson, such an important individual. She was someone who was the Stonewall riots. I don't know if you know anything about Stonewall at all. Stonewall was basically like a political protest because police were raiding New York bars, gay bars, in order to arrest people who weren't wearing at least three articles of clothing considered to their gender. Um, they would arrest them for being queer. They would arrest people for engaging in homosexual acts. So Marsha P. Johnson is someone who had literally no ability to hide her queerness. She's like a trans woman. You know what I mean? Like a black trans woman who has at this point, like none of the privilege that we are engaged in. Mm -hmm. And like Sylvia Rivera was another one who was there. She was so utterly important and people have turned on her. She has some iffy things she said specifically about lesbians, but Sylvia Rivera was a pretty amazing woman. And a lot of the, again, a trans woman who was, um, of color. She was Latina descent. Like she, she's Latin and she's, these are people who had no choice but to fight for their own rights. And so to make this joke without acknowledging or understanding the history of it and not acknowledging that you have any room to grow and understand things, it shows a real lack of connection with queer people and our culture and growth. And I think actually what's interesting is a lot of queer people that I know don't know anything about Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera. So I don't think other people understood the level of disrespect that I, I feel was lobbed at these kind of people mm. who've been in the driving seat. Like gay men in a certain way have been able to hide it a lot easier than like the, these other people, like trans people can't hide it the same way mm. or they can, but you're not engaging in your own life. Like there, there's a lot of people who have like literally killed themselves that are trans yeah. over yeah. time, killed themselves who are gay over time, but killed themselves who are trans over time. Specifically, um, anyone who did show themselves as trans, they're the people who were on the forefront of rights right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. To say that anyone was in the backseat who was a trans person or to pretend that trans people were like dragging us down in some way is a total lack of acknowledgement to the history of the queer community. And the way that Dave Chappelle holds himself in these particular jokes is he feels like he, like you have to feel like the most knowledgeable person in the room to make a joke. Mm -hmm. And so something that I don't fault him for is he gives off the standing of like, I understand all of this. I've done my research. But if you look into the research specifically in the U S which is all he really addresses, he doesn't address elsewhere 
at which point you get into things like these laws of the age of consent in Europe, but you, he never would get there. Like, why do you feel the need to engage in the queer community if that's not something you're involved in? Mm. Why do you feel the need to engage it if you don't care? I don't feel like it came across that he cared. Mm. I feel like it came across that he was just like making a haphazard viewpoint at a bar with his friends who didn't understand any of the history. And why would he? But also, like, don't act like you know it all. You know, Why would he? Because millions of people are, like you said, you know, going to, you know, see this and have to uh, interpret it. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Some of those people are involved and do care, you know, about, about those communities. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, he, he has this thing where, like, he'll, like, speak on something in great detail and then he'll, like, kind of discount his own perspective, you know, yeah. and be like, well, why the fuck would you listen to me type of thing? But uh, it, it gets into, yeah, definitely. But then don't territory. Right, comment right. if it's not something you know about. I don't know how right. to say that. Like, like there's plenty of things Dave Chappelle knows, and he's a brilliant, very intelligent man who I think has done incredible things as far as comedy goes. Like, I think he's incredible. I am not going to discount him as a comedian because I didn't like his jokes, but I didn't like that special because, for me, gay people don't know their own history. And for me, it just, like, exacerbated that to me where, like, like we don't have the same thing that, like, straight people have in this way where, like, we don't have our ancestors. Our gay ancestors don't speak to us in the wind. But, like, we don't have history the same way. Like, we haven't been able to adopt kids. We haven't been able to have children carry on our legacy. Mm. So to have this whole community that doesn't know its own history to comment on it in such a flippant way felt to me um, naive. I felt like it was a naive joke to make. And it was a naive joke to make that drew attention to me to the history that gay people don't even know. And I mean gay in, like, the right, inclusive right, right, right. sense of all, like, lesbians, trans, like, all queer folks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to play devil's advocate, uh, a, a black person might make the argument that, like, they, too, don't know their own history to an extent. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, a lot of the time, the perspective that, like, Chappelle comes to it with. It's, like, he looks at it kind of, like, an oppression Olympics, you know? Yeah. Which you can like understand the perspective of like as a black gentleman, but it's like each person's plight is subjective to their experience. And if you don't have a personal uh, connection to someone's experience, then you can't necessarily understand their plight. Absolutely. And I don't, I am not discounting Dave Chappelle as a comedian. I really like Dave Chappelle. It's this particular special is just, it's something that's always bothered me because it's a sense that you get in the queer community is kind of similar to what he expressed, but he didn't express it in, in a way in which it's like, you guys are wrong. It was, it felt like something he didn't need to comment on that. He just exacerbated issues that already exist. If you like, like, it's so much to get into. There's so much to talk about if we talk about gay racism, gay people's views of trans people, trans people's level of involvement in their own community because people don't include them. There's, like, something called Mask for Mask in 
this is going to make no sense to you guys, but it's fine. Masculine for masculine. So gay men specifically is what I'll talk to because that's what I can understand as a gay man. Uh, There is within this own community that we have people who are um, masculine and muscular. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I I, I was just saying... (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you want one of these? Sure, yeah, I'll take Here. one of those. Do you oh, want one, Paul? Yeah, but um, masculine for masculine. There, You'll get people who feel I like... Mean, yeah. But let's not derail this. Men who are into men sometimes are dealing with inherent levels of, like, homophobia and gender roles mattering to them, so they will be inevitably disconnected from each other. It, it's just interesting. Like, people who are too effeminate have a hard time fitting in with communities of like other gay men. And it's weird. Cause like, I'm someone who I feel like I have certain areas of me that are fairly effeminate, not completely, but like, just, I don't think in presentation, I even give off that effeminate of a vibe, but it's like, um, like as someone who's an emotional man, who's into men, I'll find there are certain moments where there's even some level of prejudice on me. And I can't even acknowledge what it would be like to be someone who couldn't be closeted you know what I mean like I can't imagine what it would be like to not be able to pass as a straight person like it's a weird level of things that he stepped into that he just has no real bearing on you know like and it's not like he dealt with the power structures inherent with it he just dealt with it from like look at this thing I noticed isn't that funny he like Seinfeld did it it's like a neurotic that's something that I was gonna say it was like he almost he almost started it off with like well this is just something I think is funny. And like, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean it's like an okay thing to say, you know, or that, you know, you're not going to hurt people. It's like, okay, you find it funny. And like, okay, like, you know, you make your jokes about this, but like, I don't know. It's polarizing. Yeah. If there are other people who are like, Oh, well, I don't care if this hurts a whole bunch of people. So I guess I can laugh at it too. Then that makes, you know, that makes sense if he's going to, if he's going to separate himself that much, but what you said about acknowledging it and at least like recognizing like, but I don't know everything. And like this, you know, I could, he's talking out of his ass to a degree. Like, you know, I love Chappelle. So yeah. I'll say this. I love Chappelle. I yeah. love Chappelle. Right. Oh, yeah. I love, love, love Chappelle. Course, I idolize Chappelle. I have so much to learn from <laughs> Chappelle. Yeah. Chappelle also has things to learn from other communities. Too. Mm. Ab- mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think what he was trying to get at with that special, it's like, there are certain things that have been like relegated as like so taboo to talk about. And I think in his, in his vision, like him talking about these issues is in a sense, normalizing it. Like that's, that's what he would hope to like bring to the table. Like if he were, I mean, I'm sure he is trying to like put a positive spin on his own perspective, you know? Absolutely. I'm not discounting. I think you should be able to make mistakes as a comedian and move forward. I don't hold it against him, actually. I think it's fine. I just think I didn't like the special because I felt like it didn't acknowledge history. And the fact that no one is continuing to seek out this history, it's just what has always been what it's like to be in the queer community. There's no intergenerational element in queer culture because it gets sexualized inherently. It's like grandpa wants to have sex with young boy. You know what I mean? Like, like teen wants to have sex with dad. It's not like that. So we don't have this way of carrying on our history. And it's something that's impossible to acknowledge 
because it doesn't exist in straight world in the same way. Right. And it's hard to get it across. Maybe that's something I got to make jokes about at some point, but Jesus Christ, it's hard to navigate that. Yeah. Mm. Do you think... No, I, I, I hesitate to, like, offer this up because oh, like, fine. I don't want to, like, relegate you to, like, the champion oh, of fine. the gay community. I'm but not at all, so... You are a champion, though, in your oh, own thank rights. thank you. I appreciate it. I agree. I agree. High five. I agree. Love yeah. me. Yeah. Give but me That was but, a high five. I didn't clap. Yeah. But, but like, thinking <laughs> about that... Um, what an adorable person. That, like, in a, inability for intergenerational connection in the in the queer community is that something that can like uh be manifested within Ooh. the queer community itself can girl we're trying i <laughs> it is so hard to explain this well okay so i don't, I don't know i don't want this podcast to be just about this because i've talked about this so much at like i I literally have poems about this. This is crazy because I did something called Queer Slam, which is done by like this. It's a long story. Basically, I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but it would take such a mindset shift because queer people are coming out of shadows right now. So it's like this point at which like, but if you think about it, we still have room to go. Like we haven't had some kind of like big long standing like we don't get superhero movies. I love superhero movies. There's not a gay superhero I care about. Valkyrie, are you telling me Valkyrie counts? No. Cuz that's it's at best hinted at. Like I literally cannot think of a gay superhero who's mainstream who I follow and I love superheroes. Can't think of one. No. Can't think of one. There's not one that gets featured and if they are gay it's featured as like like an amusing side note. Right. Like we have so far to go on representation levels and representation levels that are apolitical. This whole like politicizing the apolitical is so important to me. I think it's so important that we have like a a gay couple as the fathers of Spider-Man, something like that. You know what I mean? Like where it doesn't matter. It's not noted. That's our framework. It just like is we need the framework shift. If you don't notice it, it's not commented on. That's where we got to be. I'm tired of the LGBT showcases because I'm tired of being the person who has to be like, yeah, I'm gay. I'm here. I'm queer. Like we don't make people go. I'm straight. I'm great. I'm yeah, ready to make. Yeah. We don't make people do the that. heterosexual yeah. showcase. All yeah, right. Absolutely. I'd be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I don't want to go. Cause I but like also like it's, it's fun being gay. I'm proud of it. Like whatever. I love pride. It's not anything I have a problem with, but it's like, it's just hard to even express this to people who don't live in the culture of like, I've never seen simple, basic baseline love on screen in the way that I have it. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm not saying I'm in love with my boyfriend or anything, but like, I've never seen anything that reflects my relationship with my boyfriend on screen. Mm -hmm. Nothing that's like, we're simply people who maybe I am in love with them. I don't know, but simply people who really care about each other and have a relationship that is baseline, easy to navigate where we talk easily and have fun. Like I don't see that on screen. When your boyfriend listens to this, he'll be like, does he love me? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't said it to him. I don't know. Is that what we're asking me? I don't know. No, 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 no. We don't need to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't there. want to go there. I like him. Um, Ricky, if you listen to this, you're great. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Ricky, you're great. All time I can spend with you, I do. I enjoy it. Oh. 
I met I met Ricky. He's a nice guy. He's yeah, Ricky's great. Very, very Ricky's nice. Such a weirdo. Best weirdo. Yeah. You know how he, this is so specific. Our anniversary is Lester Young's birthday. Is what we decided because uh, he has birthday parties for dead jazz musicians. Oh, so yes, I came yes. over with the cake and like we celebrated Lester Young's, who is dead's birthday, listening to Lester Young's music. It's great. That's great. Okay. It's great. That, that sounds great. great. It's such a strange, he's a, the weirdest person. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, on your story, him like playing some piano. Yeah. 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 Talented man. Talented, talented man. man. Talented man. Fantastic. We'll move on because so that's <laughs> well so like that, that, but the, hey, great content. Great we content. Ju- we just made great content. That's what just that's happened. That's what we do, and that's we're gonna we keep do. on doing it because I want to know. Um, so I mean, there's the, we've talked a lot about um, you know uh, there, there's a, a vast spectrum of what people will find funny and what people are yeah. will agree with or, or you know whether it's politically whether it's you know socially whatever it is. Um, do you have like if if say like a crowd isn't just giving you yeah. you know any, any energy back it's it's dead <laughs> um, do you have like any sort of like go to approaches for like at least what you think might try to get like a rise out oh, of an yeah. audience like if if nothing's working like what do you do in that scenario hey, and guy. is it something that yeah. like consistent if you have oh, like God. okay well I have to default to this because they're not taking anything depends on a crowd um, I have two jokes that I feel land every time. Mm-hmm get people on my side automatically. Um, one of which is a poetry bit where I say, all right, guys, I call this one audience participation, Marco. And then people yeah, say yeah, polo yeah. and I go, thank you. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it gets people automatically with you because then they have to participate yeah, or else they leave you hanging and then they feel bad, which... They should. They At should. least should. But they not, do. Everybody in the room can't leave you hanging, though. And it always gets a good response because it's like, that was the stupidest thing I've ever said. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's yeah. a bad, dumb joke. Yeah. But it's a dumb joke that I planned in the middle of, like, a longer bit that is funny. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. then another thing. So, like, if you can get an audience to participate in a really vague way, it works. It's just the reality. And then another one I do every time is also one that gets the audience to participate because it's people roll their eyes at this beginning of the joke because it feels like such a dumb setup, but it's the, what do a drug dealer, a snake breeder, and a cult member all have in common? And people are like, let me guess, you dated them? I've had so many people go like, ugh, you dated them? I was like, him, one person, close enough. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one where people roll their eyes at you, but because they think they anticipate like where it's going, yeah. they get involved again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Misdirection. Absolutely. <laughs> You want to you want people to be like what? Yeah, yeah. I have a yeah, question. Yeah. Is there a pause button on this so I can pee or no? No, we oh, no, we you, you go and pee and then yeah we and then Stephen Paul and I, and I riff. We riff then because I've had to pee for since yeah, we started this. Riff then. since um, we started this. I've been that's holding. good. He's he's a professional pee holder too. I don't know if we mentioned that in the intro. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I I just relieve he knows where the bathrooms are too, which is great. He's been so here plenty of times. Paul, None of them are clean. How do you think it's going? I think it's going great. It's going swell. Um, listeners, you can't see this, but we're we're building towers of our beverages. They're they're sky high. Um, it's it's very great. Ryan is. A one of a kind individual. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, but then, hey, we have a little bit of you and I time. What do you yeah, say? We, we chat uh, it up a little bit. Hey, uh, you're going to Montana for I'm Thanksgiving. Going to Montana. Yeah, so uh, 
happy Thanksgiving, listeners, because this is coming out on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, so, it will. Wow. Happy Thanksgiving. Who who in the world is going to listen to this on Thanksgiving? on Thanksgiving? I'll tell you who. Zero people. But you know what? Happy Thanksgiving anyway, because we're thankful for all the listeners. Yeah. Oh, so thankful. I don't know who you are, but I can see on our Squarespace, brought to you by Squarespace Analytics, uh, people are listening. People, people are, are listening. tuning in on it's Apple crazy. Music. My, I feel like so freaking. It's in the hundreds, right? But that's good. A hundred people, hundred people listening to. Yes, it in the hundreds. It's it's like it. it I, it spikes. It drops, just Man, like Ryan back hey, into his seat. But but hey, but uh, before we get back to Ryan, I just want to say something to you listeners. I'm fucking so just like thankful that you've been listening to this on Thanksgiving. It's so nice that you should share it on your story. God damn it! Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Opton is here. You'll, Ryan Opton, you'll post this. On your, you'll post this on your story yeah, once we post, post this it on my story. We'll yeah, post it on Thanksgiving. I was talking about the listeners. Oh well, you will. But Ryan, Ryan will. Yeah, Ryan will. Well, right? well, Ryan's a good guy. Yeah, Absolutely, I'm deeply supportive. We're going like this. You should. Know We're going this. like this. This is my fist hitting my hand. He's like, yeah, he'll he'll post it, right? Yeah. That's what we're doing, but we're not you, doing that. What do you post with? My question is, what kind of picture gets included when you post? Okay, this? so here's what happened, oh. and here's a little bit of uh, oh. Piers and Beers history for yes. all you listeners. Oh. When the, we the year the was podcast, 2019. Yes, the year is what it is currently. What? How many episodes is this? This is, this is episode 12. 14. This is episode 14, right? Is it not? Oh my god. Well, here's the thing. So. <laughs> When we started, we were like, okay, we'll take a picture with every guest. And then we, we started diving into it. We started drinking. We we're not alcoholics. We only drink well, when I'm we're doing fledgling. beers and beers. No, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, oh, no. We, we started out saying, okay, we'll take a picture with yes. the guest. But then we realized, you know, the picture that we're going to take, it might not be as great as like a picture that the guest oh, has, like a good picture. What if, what if I, to accompany can it. I opt in to just getting a photo taken by you guys? Cause I don't yes. want to deal with You can opt in. So, oh my God. Oh, oh, the no. Oh, no. But then, that's the biggest eye roll I've had forever. I'm here for the eye rolls. I'm here. I'm serving up eye rolls. But I think the opt-in normal. Uh, way to do Optimal. it. I'm sorry. Uh, is the way you would say it. <laughs> is to we we get the one professional photo and then you swipe right and then it's a picture of all. No, you of swipe us left. To, sure, whatever. I go. I go by British standard rules. Right. Um, you guys are a bunch of beautiful it's spirits. It's the reality here. Well, like I think that's the best way too, because like the the problem is the, the quality of the picture that we're gonna get if we take so one with bad. you, unless so we bad. have somebody to take it with us, it's gonna, gonna be a, be a slice selfie. Of shit. Yeah. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a mud. Uh, it's gonna be a giant bad. mud pie. It's gonna be a big old mud pie. I, you know, did you watch Tim Robinson? Have I seen it ten times? Yes, by now? Uh, thank God! I knew it! I knew it! Me the too! Skeletons are yeah. their money. The bones are their money. I, so are the words. <laughs> you know, so funny. I'm liking oh. this riffing we got going on right now. I yeah, love.
love that show. I've seen it. It is so hilarious. many times. And the characters you've seen the characters episode. Yes, good, he's good, so good. good. But also the characters that's the best isn't even his. But he's the best show on well, no, Netflix. I'm just saying though. Yeah, the, Nathan, there are there are other which which one was yeah. even Hayes? Um, it was the Kate Berlant. She's so funny. If you haven't seen her, please watch I don't know her. If I've seen that she one. she's oh just goodness. crazy. She's got like she does it like it's all a documentary about this like artist and she yeah oh are you doing an impression it's no, really good I don't know I I'm I'm trying to think if I've seen this that's what that Kate was Berlant. I'm sorry she's so oh funny. she is funny uh, I haven't seen her uh, episode but she is funny the characters episode that oh she's she's in. she's in um sorry to bother you have you yeah, seen that oh yeah is. and she's like punching in the code for the elevator and it's yeah. like taking like two minutes like sorry about this long code. Fantastic. She's hilarious. She's also in The Good Place. She plays this. She's so good. She's so good. I love her. She's like the most underrated person that I adore. Boxy. Did you know that at at the at the show on the first, um, the people that run or one of the guys that runs that venue uh, does set design for Tim Robinson, and one of the Garfield chairs was in the back room, like in the <gasps> in the little room that uh, Angie was in, like doing. Are her. you kidding? Yeah, they had me? one of the Garfield chairs. I was like, Garfield this is, house. Yeah, we, we were talking yeah, about that show yeah. all week long. Like we couldn't stop. Like we were just, you know, Christian was here. We were riffing. It was it's like such ridiculous. A dumb show. I love it. It's oh, so good. Man. I love that the, show. The allusion to mud pies is mm. just. <laughs> And the whole Brilliant. slow skeleton the joke. Yeah. I love that show. It's yeah. so funny. That oh, hot dog man. scene has killed me so many times. That where he, Yeah, like, yeah. He, we won't even be mad. <laughs> Just come forward. You know, it's so he good. Goes, the, the one part that I laughed so hard that I didn't stop for the rest of it was I had to... It was whenever he goes, like, you're dressed like a hot dog. So is he. Yeah, and he yeah. goes... Oh no! <laughs> it's yeah, the funniest thing he I've is, seen forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that what, what have you been watching then? What's what what inspires you lately? What is getting you going? Like, who are you watching that I, that makes you want to be uh, ooh, your best self? Oh, right? God, like, oh god, oh god. Yeah. Um, on the spot. Daniel Sloss, I love. I love Daniel, Daniel Sloss. If you haven't seen him, two Netflix specials. One is called Jigsaw. Um, one of them made me tear up. It was so emotional. The one before that, but I can't remember what that one's called right now. But he has two Netflix specials. He's so good. Uh, another one is, um, I mean, Kate Berlant's great. I just watched that. That was good. Um, oh no, what else is there? The Good Place. I love. I've been watching that, and I just watched The Evil Dead, too. Nice, nice. Nice. I feel like all of those have been yeah. mixing in my head, giving me inspiration and warmth and yeah. keeping me warm on cold nights. Can I can I ask you a question that might be um terribly a offensive. very long no, no 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 like a very long answer. Like if it's if it's too much, I'll go for it. Feel free to abridge uh whatever it is that you might be uh wanting to share, but um, I peed. I can go for hours. Right. So, so you're very, you're very talented in, in, in uh, uh, stand-up comedy, but you do improv and you do sketches yeah. as well. How do you go about separating like inspiration for writing like a stand-up bit versus like a sketch? Oh, sometimes you don't know and you mess up. Um, I'll say I have had sure. moments where some really good sketch ideas will. I'll try and incorporating them in stand-up and it's like oh no this premise is way too long to explain Mm. and if the premise takes too long to explain 
that's usually that's when you know makes, it's yeah. a good sketch instead yeah. that sounds funny but like the visual medium of sketch is a really good it helps you the shorthand of being able to visually represent sketch wise you can't right. do that in stand-up you can do a character like a stand-up character but there, there's not as much of a like I don't even know how to describe that. There's not as much of a market really for stand-up characters as there are for stand-up comedians. So if you have a stand-up character, (laughs) you'd rather get the character on a sketch because then it's like a one and done. You get in, you get out. Like I had this fun idea that I still love of putting on an eye patch for a Halloween bit. And then when people ask you what you're there for, you're like, like, are you a pirate? You're like, no, I'm just injured. Like, it was the funniest thing to me. And I realized it's not a good stand-up bit, but it's a good sketch bit. It's just... It's a good yeah. sketch bit. The problem is you need the visual representation. That's a yeah. good... That's a good defining one. Yeah. Um, when it comes to writing more, like, long-term stuff, like TV and movies, you want to be able to navigate characters. Like, you'd course, rather your yeah. comedy come from characters having a difference of opinions because dynamic can, like yeah, yeah. you can maintain like yeah. even if you have a one-liner it has to come from perspective that's yeah. different than the other perspectives because then that builds tension right you have what, to understand why it's a one-liner <laughs> like yeah you know as opposed to just like something someone's saying with stand-up your jokes have a uh you have to have your own punchline built in with a perspective built in and a perspective that's different, but you know why it's different. Like all of these, it's so it's hard to even express how to navigate it beyond just like if it's visual, you should do it in a sketch. If it's visual but also character based, definitely do it in more of a long form thing. And if it's just something that's like inherently like your story, like I, I think stand up's best whenever it's very personally based. Like John Mulaney's funniest bit to me forever has been his stupid was it me in a sleep shirt bit with the ghost in his newest special which he can only get away with because it's something he experienced so intricately it's mm-hmm. have you guys seen this bit do you know what i'm talking about i feel like i've seen the special but maybe i was space and maybe i was it's yeah, it such a long build doing up. the marijuana no paul we no. don't do that we don't do that here Paul, you you I are, just drink beer. You're gross. Plenty Paul. of it. You're a gross person. If you I've do never weed. done that. I've never done you that. <laughs> Come dumb, on. You dumb idiot. <sighs> you know me better. I yeah, Freak you, Paul. He has a stand-up freak bit you, Steven. where he talks With about how his mom feet? believes in ghosts. And he she also makes him wear sleep shirts that are really long and look like gowns. <laughs> and the ghost that, he des- that his mom describes is wearing a long gown that looks exactly like him wearing a sleep shirt. Uh, yeah, and the build-up yeah, takes yeah. so long. No, but that's so funny. But it's funny, such a yeah. specific, like, it, it's, it would not be funny yeah. in a sketch because it would be so visually obvious. Right, it would be just him. But it's it's funny that... But because he lived it thinks, so explicitly, yeah. it's so funny coming from him only. She made him wear the shirt in the right. first place. I think a lot of times, like, what your question is, the root of it is, is it something I can say that only I can say, in which case you stand up? If is it something that this character has to say, in which case use a script? And if is it something that, like, is just visually quick and funny sketch? Mm. Right. Right. And, it, yeah, I mean, we've touched on it. You just you, you you can sniff out the bullshit on stage. It's, oh yeah, uh, 
you know, if, if, if something's not true to someone's experience, then it's just like, yeah, what? I've seen this before. It's just, oh, like, yeah. you're a hack, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then you immediately decide that they're unworthy of your attention for the rest of your life and never, mm-hmm. yeah, you just got to cut people off quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you know, it, it, it is so true. It's like uh, something that someone else says could not be funny because they're saying it out their ass. But, but if it's someone's own experience. Right. It's the truth. same joke even. Right. Right. Absolutely. So then how, Ryan, then, like... What do you recommend for for other uh, a young skipper. burgeoning burgeoning stand up comics? Burgeoning stand up, burgeoning, comics. burgeoning with a B, B as in boy. How like like what do you recommend? Or if you can give a bit of advice on finding that voice and like being true to like uh, your own experience, like like how does yeah. one craft the, like their uh, observations and inspirations? Um, inwardly rather than, you know, yeah. picking out things that I think, you know, it's society's hot, buzzing it's, about. It's the hot topic of the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you care about is the big thing. Sure. Like, yeah. if you were to speak passionately right now for five minutes on something, what would you talk about? Yeah. That should be what you talk about. Yeah. Because, and you shouldn't talk about it for a full five minutes. You should get your, to your points quicker than the five minutes. But if you were like, what can I make a list of? Like I have five minutes worth of things to say about this and emotions about this. You should talk about that for about 30 seconds. Yeah. Because then you'll get to your big points quickly and any big jokes that you have, you can like link in pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And then you can get rid of them. Like, I don't know. Like, for me, I love topical jokes sometimes because they're fun because you put the work in and know you can never use them again. Like, I was working on one for a while that was so dumb the other day where I was like, I just like to give a hearty screw you to everyone who spoiled Baby Yoda for me. I would have very much enjoyed Ah. Baby Yoda in the wild. For the first time. Yeah, I would have enjoyed it. You saw him go by on screen. You didn't know it existed. But no, I I knew because all of you talked about him. I right. feel like it's a crime on par that with is a crime on, on par with pressuring you know the Ukrainian government into giving you like it was all the things I cared about. I put yeah, in yeah. About like a one minute bit and got a good response. Well, but he, I, here's I the t- thing is like I, I'm fucking pissed that you even brought that up because I had no intention of watching the Mandalorian. But the fact that you brought that up, I wish that I could have found out that there was a baby Yoda and that I would see it on a screen for the see, first time, myself, see, at Paul, some point. Paul, you just fucked me up because I have been seeing this Baby Yoda a bit. Everywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't know it was from the Mandalorian. Is it? You I might have been lying. You didn't need to ruin that for me, Paul. Is it from the Mandalorian? Um, I'm not saying it is, right? anything. I, I don't have Disney Plus anyway. Oh, well, choke And I you have out, no Paul. intention. You know what Ricky was? This is funny. Ricky's a stormtrooper in the Mandalorian. So that's my last inclusion. Of like on the real real? Yeah. What? Holy fudge. Wouldn't you love to be a stormtrooper on the Mandalorian? I'd love to just be a stormtrooper anywhere. I'm upset. And I'm not about even it. a big Star Wars I guy. I would. 
I would settle for just being a trooper, and you know mm. that's what my pa- papa like said. Don't worry, you are a trooper, Stephen. You're Thanks. a trooper. You're a trooper. He like wasn't allowed to talk about it, and then once he was allowed to talk about it, he told me I was like, "Are you kidding me? You jerk." Yeah, you yeah, jerk. yeah. You got to be a stormtrooper on yeah. the Mandalorian. He like yeah. followed his stupid NDA, but like, yeah, well, yeah. Jesus Christ, I would have liked to have been a stormtrooper anywhere. Yeah, a stormtrooper in the street. But no, you're on a TV show. Hollywood Boulevard with Baby Yoda. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. man, it's fine. And I would like love to nurse that Baby Yoda. <laughs> Nurse against, it. Yeah. Up against his, his teats. Yeah, oh, suckling, suckling. Yeah. Su- you know suckling, what? You did a little suckling that blue milk. You, did a little you know what? Blue milk, bro. You know oh, what? Oh my god. Men have the ability to lactate. Society doesn't want you to know this. But Stephen knows something none of us know. No, it's true. Some real? people know this. Yeah, in particular circumstances. Uh, like there's a story of a a man on a life raft with his son, baby a story boy, or a, or a real true story, a true story okay. that I saw on TV. So maybe it's true, maybe it's not. <laughs> but under the circumstances, the fact that the baby boy needed that uh, <laughs> sustenance, he the man was able. To lactate out what? of his nipples. Oh it's like, my, my son needs this. I'm gonna make milk come out. God damn it! That's what happened. Yes. <laughs> did this man like? Did he have any other like? I don't believe. You. I don't believe it. Like, did he have any? Particular- because you don't believe in men. Because <laughs> I don't believe that men <sighs> lactate. Yeah. It is possible. Well, Just by pure will, you can make yourself lactate, is well, what you're I, telling me? I, I have personally seen my uh, baby brother, uh, little Pico, uh, yeah. born in 2005. I saw him lactate out of his little tachas when he Wait was a, a little boy. First of all, you have a brother named Pico? You have a brother named Pico who's and, lactate. And he can lactate, and you've and seen he it come out? in front of you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is way too okay, much to okay. Pico is his nickname. What's his real name? I need to know. I don't want to. Uh, right, well, his, his name's Prescott. Okay, Pico. Follow him on whatever. Pico. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he would love that. Is but it at Pico too. Lactates? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Pico Lactates. <laughs> Pico Lactates. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Instagram no, at Pico but, Lactates or Twitter at Pico Lactates 40. But I swear, no, this this is Pico this is true. This is true. Uh, I, I know for a fact that young. Baby, baby boys can uh, lactate out of their tatas. And I, <laughs> stop calling it that, please. Wait, so you know for I'm a upset. fact that young boys in general can no, lactate? No, no, no. I'm saying from personal experience. Babies. With babies. Pico. With Pico. Yeah, little, little Pico. No, little Pico <laughs> had the ability. I don't know if he was an anomaly or if... Everyone has this ability. Here's what I think. I think neither of these are true no, stories. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't, either I, like, don't buy no, it. No. Uh, Paul, the, the great irony with well, you, Paul. I, uh, well, I, I like the irony you. with me in general. I, I like you a lot. I like you a lot. You seem yeah. like a good guy for all yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but see, when Ryan says something, you search it, and you're like, yeah, this is probably true. I'm going right. to search it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going <laughs> to Google can men lactate. But... When I search it, he oh, is never that what thinks. What you've been up to? You've been researching things I've said. Okay, human male lactation, human male breastfeeding is possible. Thank you. But 
Production of the hormone prolactin is necessary to induce lactation. So, male lactation does not occur under normal, normal conditions. Normal conditions. Normal conditions, i.e. if there was a you know, <laughs> life or death situation Wait, where the man needed to produce Wait, the lactate, he could. I need to read the next sentence because there's a word in here uh, that's blowing my mind. And <laughs> you'll both know what it is. Don't look. Did you see it already? I don't know how to Spontaneous read. Spontaneous production of milk. Not associated with childbirth, known as galactorrhea, can occur in males and females. Galactorrhea is a word. Yes, I, but I think the, what you're missing, Paul, is Stephen was right. You respect him as a person. Hello. Well, Pico is a unique individual, and so is the man on the boat who needed to feed his son and apparently had so it's possible. Uh, high yes, levels Ryan, of prolactin. Ryan, a hot take on... The, these new discoveries. Um, I'm honestly disgusted, mostly. Yeah. But only because I've I I'm like lactose intolerant, so mostly I'm just afraid that hey. there's even more in the world than I had thought. You like, know what? How much do I have to avoid? Ryan, I'll stop sucking on nipples. Yeah. It's, well, it's time you up up your uh, tolerance because. Your in, your intolerance of lactose is is rude. Oh my god! Dare I say offensive? I'm dead. I'm dead. Oh, this is insane. <laughs> this is the biggest tirade we've ever gone on, and it's about men lactating. <laughs> we've never gone on such. Yeah. No, we such a. Uh, we uh, usually keep it uh, centered on. The artist's journey. But we'll see. We've never had a topic introduced so controversial as men male lactating. lactation. Yeah. But now you guys know the truth. You're welcome. I well, feel like we know that in a absurd, extreme circumstances, men have the possibility to lactate. Oh, Nothing well, I've ever do. said has been as interesting as male lactation. And I, I'm not trying to... Like, I'm... I'm not saying, like, I'm no Dave Chappelle, you know? I've never said anything as interesting as men lactating yeah. is fact. Right. Oh, it's fact. And you know what? I think I have a new special material that I could uh, pry This could into. be a whole hour, if not an hour and a half. It could be. Male lactation. I don't know how marketable this male lactation, but you know. It's not. I'll tell you right now. Oh, God. That was hurtful in a lot of ways. Thank you for telling me honestly, though, Paul. I appreciate that. But I do want to see you try. Because well, if anybody can make it marketable, it's there. Ryan Optin. It's Pico. I'm not trying to talk about my <laughs> lactation. I'm okay. Thank you, though, for the well, offer. Well, this is quite the uh, rabbit hole we went down, but this show, after all, is all about our good friend, Ryan Do you have even Ryan more Optin. questions? Um, well, we're uh, about an hour and 41 minutes That's in. Like, this, this might be the longest long. one yet. Yeah, it's it's ballpark. Afani's one was up there, but I think we are nearing the end of okay. our journey together. Cool. And it seems like you're do. okay with that, and it oh, seems yeah. like Paul's okay with that. We're all a little I'm bit tired. Hurt. I'm not it's hurt. Deep in the evening. We we had good conversations. It was Lots great. Yeah. Dare I say Fantastic. three or four good conversations? Yeah. Oh, a number. A Sprinkled number. throughout. Sprinkled throughout, just skip. Sprinkled like Guys, like a little bit of if you've male lactation. Point, if you've reached this point, go look for some male lactation earlier. If you don't yeah. find any, that's that's fine. my favorite category personally. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have I you think never... my whole my, like my world is shifted just knowing that that's like a thing. Oh, it's a thing. I saw. I could have sworn that was myth. I and I'm done. Like I'm sorry. I'm done with this. But like, seems like I had not. to bring it up again. Seems like. I'm just saying if you skip to any point in this podcast, you'll have something worth talking about. Skip to an hour 38. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah, we'll put in little markers Happy Thanksgiving. This is the lactation section. (laughs) Okay, okay, but in in all uh, earnesty and all honesty, we just want to say, Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. uh, Coming on the show. Uh, you guys know. ask hard questions. I have to say, it's hard to navigate them because I'm like, ooh, how do I politically maintain myself in a way that I can answer this without being the worst? Well, you did. It's it. much like being on stage, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the sign of a good podcast. Way to go, guys! You, you, you did it with uh, grace, <laughs> and uh, dare I say, suave. Oh yeah, oh you ooh. did it with suave. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, no, and you uh, and you know it's not uh, it's, it's not on the way home for you to come out here. So we really appreciate you mm-hmm. coming all the way out here mm-hmm. to the bass. The bass? Yeah, that's what we call Calabasas now. The bass. Since when? Since this second, right now. That's what Stephen calls it now. Sure. That's cool. <laughs> sure. I'll go to the burbs. Yeah. Burbs. Just short for Burbank. Yeah. Burbank. Burbs. I think of the take it all the way to the bank. The burbs of Chicago. When I hear the burbs, yeah, that's burbs. How, that's how the people of the city. I think of Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. He was in a movie in the late nineties. Yeah. All right. So, so how we end the show? What is well? Well, <laughs> first of all, what? One last. Thing. Oh yeah, right. Where? Right, right, what's right, right, next? Right. What's next for Ryan? Right. How oh. can the people? Get more of Ryan oh, if Opton. You, I mean, if you want more of me, follow me on socials at Ryan Opton, R-Y-A-N-O-P-T-O-N. I'm that on everything. Everything. That's convenient. O-P-T-O-N. Even because TikTok. there's only one of me. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, nice. Listen, TikTok gets a bad rap. App. It's great. I'll show you some TikToks before I leave because you'll love them because they're good. And I also have several upcoming shows. I have... Three in December, at least one already prepped for January. Most likely it's going to be closer to four in January, though, based on some emails I've gotten. Nice. Um, nice. I'm where, at? Where, where, where do we where, where will you be if you can divulge? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of us at what we call Acme NoHo, which I love. That's in January. I have one at Dow Comedy Studio in December. I have one at Springbok Pet Cafe in December. And I have one at... I'll just be around you guys. Yeah. If you follow me online, I always post the shows. He does. That he I posts have. his shows. Well, on Instagram, particularly. I yeah, think, yeah. Right? yeah. I don't like. I don't. I don't always. There's certain times when I've been like, no one come because I want to try new things. But usually, yeah, yeah. I'm like pretty open about it. Yeah. But also, if you can't make it out, I have a link in my bio to some stand up I've done. So feel free to watch if you At want to laugh. I'm not always so serious, you guys. Yeah, well, we had some. We He's had so some. Funny. We had some giggles. We had some severity. It was a good mix of the both. It was a good mix of the both. Ryan guy, he's got laughs. Onions and ogres. Yeah, yeah. All right. Trolls too. So how Trolls, we uh, how we how we round out Troll the show? Two. Troll two. Well, the best movie of all time. <laughs> Trolls two. Ryan, our dear Amen. friend. Yes. Uh, if you would be so kind. Yes. 
would say sing the phrase thank you you pick a note and paul and i will harmonize with that note oh That's how we finish out the show it like, was it hold was out like, hold out the you yeah. until we come in yeah. and finish it okay and then we'll like conductor will be like all right you know deal yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah it's a little thing we do it's a little tradition so so just any time now Anytime you can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pretty good. Yeah, that was good. That was not bad.